0: All right, glad you're with us. Uh, thank you, my friend. Scott Shannon, Eight hundred nine four one. 941 shawn You want to be a part of the program. We have a lot going on today, uh, not the least of which is he speaks, the FBI director, through a spokesperson. He needs to get out there. It's ridiculous. Um, the injustice, well, the injustice is now it's all coming to fruition, We know the attorney general, we know Bill Barr and John Durham are doing a deep, deep dive. It is very revealing that John Durham has now hired more people. It is very revealing that the attorney general keeps leaving these crumbs. No, we're not doing a report. This is an investigation, a criminal investigation. Uh, The president was spied on deep into his presidency, All of these things point to justice, equal justice under the law, application of our laws. Our Constitution means something to some people at the Department of Justice, and they're pushing. You know, one of the things I said last night about Director Ray, you know, how would you like to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered as the guy that protected the 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 one percent that abused power that were corrupt, that were involved in trying to influence a the outcome of election and undermine a duly elected president what is really a soft coup um or do you want to be the one that restores the fbi to its great self which is the premier law enforcement agency in the entire world um you know just i i don't understand where is the urgency to get this done because the attorney general is doing his part he's doing and he seems to have no bias whatsoever He's and I don't know what the final outcome is going to be, but he's working. Thank God. Anyway, we'll get to that. Roger Stone will join us His attorney David Schoen will join us. Um, I mean, they have finally, by the way, put forward their appeal. And, you know, the fact that the jury forewoman or foreperson person uh, is out there misleading the court, failing to disclose social media posts about the Mueller investigation, attacking Roger Stone personally again before jury selection. There seems to be some real issues here and now since has been erased, but they've been preserved in terms of uh, captured. And we have all that information. But hating Stone by name, the president by name, the president's supporters. Well, that's not a, a fair and impartial jury. now is it just like what they did to Flynn? They didn't think he lied. Well, what's our goal here? Is it to get an admission admission to the Logan Act? That's so ridiculous. It's obscene. they had closed out the investigation. Or is our job to try and get them to lie? Why? So we can prosecute them. That's why. Or get them fired. Well, that should not be the goal of a good, the 99% of good FBI people. Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, You're going to meet and hear from a friend of mine who very early on, it's been a while now, got COVID-19. I got a note from him. Uh, he's down in Florida. I won't mention the specific hospital unless he gives me permission. I didn't ask yet. Anyway, he says, oh, yeah, I'm in the hospital. I have pneumonia. He's a very active guy. You know, he's in his 60s. He plays tennis. He, he bikes. He's, he, he's an athlete. Has been his whole life. Great guy also. Uh, was instrumental uh, early in my career in, in in terms of radio and syndication and stuff, along with Phil Boyce, the Phil of all voices. And, you know, so anyway, I said, what He will have pneumonia? Okay. Uh, Did they give you any medicine? No. He's about 24, 36 hours away from intubation. The big story that nobody's telling you all the talk about ventilators. If you got intubated, your odds at best were 20% you would survive. The ventilators were not where you wanted to be. You wanted to prevent it. I'm going to let him tell his story and, and, um dr oz played a role in it and his doctor will join us that's coming up later in the program too congressman steve scalise how do we open the country and open it safely which is where i want to start it's never a good day if joy behar is saying anything good about sean hannity and i want to make sure everybody understands my position on this now let me first say that the most idiotic frankly bordering on obscene uh restrictions have been the state of michigan and Governor Whitmer, you know the one that you know believed the was part of the "I Believer crowd, but now gives Joe Biden an instant pass—hypocrite. You know the idea that drive-in theater petitions, uh, you know those outdoor theaters, you know have to petition to reopen. Why? There are, people are in their car. Uh, you know you can sit distant in a car and watch a movie. They closed Michigan state parks and and parking. I mean, draconian. I mean, it got so ridiculous there. I mean, and it still is. And one of the worst jobs outside of the New York area in the country was Michigan. They did a they were not ready for a thing. And it was mishandled from the very beginning. And like in California, and I see that Governor Newsom is he's listening. He sees the crowds in Huntington beach. He sees that a sheriff's are not going to enforce is you can't walk on the beach. Ridiculousness um and so oh um oh, yeah we're gonna make california ready to begin reopening he's not stupid he did a much better job than a lot of other governors and i give him a lot of credit for his handling of it but he did want to enforce it if he could not going on the beach and some other stuff uh, the public's demanding it the public has watched this is my theory the public is has taken all of this in all the data that they can stand frankly And they've come to their own conclusions and they're making their own determination as to what is or is not acceptable risk for them and their families. Now, I personally, because I love my audience, I want to caution you that this had the president not done these things, starting with the travel ban. It was 10 days after the first coronavirus case identified in America. I mean, it's incalculable how he did that. It's miraculous. It would have been dramatically worse. We would have been that much more ill prepared. You know, nobody knew that New York had nothing. Nobody knew that that's New York's responsibility. That's not the federal government's responsibility. And remember, you had the dopey mayor of New York, March 2nd through 5th. Everyone should go out on the town. Here are my recommendations. And Governor Cuomo, oh, we're not like those other countries, and we got the best medical system in the world. All right. Oh, he didn't. He, he wasn't prepared. And they, they that's when the screaming came for Donald Trump to bail out New York. In comes the, the, the hospital ship, the Comfort. In comes the Javits Center, in comes other hospitals around the New York area, 3,000 beds at the Javits Center, in comes the conversion, in comes all the personnel, all the ventilators, nobody didn't have a ventilator that needed a ventilator. All the masks, gloves, shields, gowns, uh, and medicines, yep, Donald Trump did it. Somehow, you know, they still give that the the New York government, it was an epic fail. It was an epic fail in, in Michigan, too. Now, I'm looking at this stupidity here and, you know, this, you know, it's like war and peace what they put out here in terms of draconian measures that are so over the top. The people of Michigan are saying, no, we're not doing this. This is dumb. And a lot of it is dumb. And they put all these, you know, all of this in writing to the point where this is how insane it gets. They, in the state of Michigan... They said attorneys do not constitute critical infrastructure workers, thus may not leave their homes for work. Okay, what if they're the only three people in the office and it's five thousand square feet? Uh, That's dumb. People are smarter than that. And this is my my admonition is for the sake of others. You know, it's only temporary. I would wear I'm going to wear the mask if I'm out for any period of time till the whole thing is over. And I don't care what people think, but it's not even for me. I don't want to get somebody that's in a compromised position. What, what we did bear out in spite of all of the misinformation, all of the models screwing up everybody. We need to get to the bottom of that. And I will. And we're going to. And we're going to investigate tonight. But, you know, for the sake of the vulnerable, I'm, I'll wear the mask. Can I go to a Yankee game and wear it, please? Please, pretty please with sugar on top because people want to live again. But back to, you know, but it ended up being what we said, the vulnerable elderly population, compromised immune systems, underlying conditions. That's why Florida did so great that DeSantis nailed this. We all ought to learn from Florida. He went right into where the the most vulnerable population is. That was the one thing that turned out to be accurate. And the American people are watching this and they're making their own decisions. But back to Michigan realtors can't leave their homes oh okay great nobody's gonna get to work at all you can do that safely people can wear masks and i always go back to the guys every week i'd go once or twice a week and i'd go shopping and when i went shopping i'd see the same guys stocking the shelves of my local grocery stores the same guys they had masks and gloves and none of them got sick and they were around people all day so we can learn from that uh She's not even allowing Whitmer, who botched it in Michigan big time, professional landscapers. Lawn care in Michigan is outlawed. This is stupid. Golf courses are not allowed to be open. Why not? Because there's ways that you can literally take your ball out of the cup and do it safely. Believe it or not, they figured that out at other golf courses. Uh, Car washers are not allowed. Okay, you can socially distance drying off a car if you go through the machine or whatever. There's ways to do it. A guy stocking the shelves that kept New York alive with food, they, I never saw one of them get sick, and I asked one of the guys, did anyone here get sick? Nope, because they all wore masks and they all wore gloves. You know, it's, it's sort of like, oh, we can't have furniture deliveries. Um, we can't have people that are part of a single household may not boat together. What if it's a big boat? This is so ridiculous. Most forms of camping outlawed. Why? That's dumb, too. That's a draconian piece of legislation. This is what they put together. Showrooms not allowed to be open. Why? We can't put people at a distance and put masks on everybody and let everyone, if they want to go out shopping and buy a car, great. That's going to help the guys that make the cars, and that's going to help the dealers stay open. Anyway, you can do it safely. You know, bicycle shop employees. Really? Really? Well, you, you know, depending on where you are, you might be able to have, you know, g- guys spread all over the place. Do it safely. Everyone in the mask, gloves, distance, you can do it safely, following the rules, the recommendations, the guidelines. Even outdoor construction is stopped. That can be done. Again, implement the rules. I mean, it is draconian. So anyway, to the point I'm making, what I said about these guys that showed up in tactical gear there's no bigger supporter of the Second Amendment and First Amendment than me. I've had a, a, a pistol carry permit in five states. I have carried it my entire adult life. I learned how to shoot from my prison guard mother and my probation officer father because they had a loaded gun, not in the safe, next to their bed, and they didn't want this dopey kid one day, out of curiosity, picking it up. So they taught me the safety, safe use of a firearm. When you show up in tactical gear... And by the way, then you had business owners there, moms and dads there, even with kids. And you got this other group of people in their tactical gear and their AR-15s. It is you have now basically lit an ember. Everybody is on just because you can do it. I'm a Second Amendment guy. Doesn't mean you should. Nobody's going to hear your arguments when you're doing that. You're hurting the cause of opening the country now. And because and I care about police officers. They're now on super high alert when you have all these guys in tactical gear at the state house. And I'm not saying you can't, I'm saying don't. you want to if you feel a need, like I carry, and it's legal, you have a legal carry your gun. Fine, you don't have to show everybody. And it's just an intimidation effort. People got mad at me. I'm like, no, because they're being stupid. Whoever these people are. I don't know. If you want to, yes, use your First Amendment rights. Okay, have a concealed carry, fine. Nobody, you know, as long as it's legal. This is not what this is about. Sure, I guess you can do it. But if an incident happens, every law-abiding, pro-Second Amendment guy that's responsible, we're going to be hurt, and innocent people potentially can get hurt, including cops. It's unnecessary in this environment. Fight to open your state, because the laws are stupid. And the draconian regulations are stupid. But be smart about it and think about other people sometimes. If you ever want to get a firearm, you know what my advice is? Well, what do you want to get trained in the use of? Get training. Take it. This is not a game. 800 1 Sean, Toll-free telephone number. And I, I support no restrictions on gun ownership. You know, as long as you, you know, you know haven't committed a crime. Instant background checks work. I'm telling you, I think my read on this is right, uh, and I'm I'm just looking at all the people, and and putting it aside the few that the media wants to focus on. But you're talking about business owners. You're talking about uh, what did the president say today? The American people are warriors. They want to get back to work. They want normal lives again, as normal as we can possibly have. They understand. I think most people will go along safely. But the, you know, there's a reason Gavin Newsom's opening up the beaches now because. They're insisting on it in California. They're not going to listen to them. And these demonstrators, you know, in Boston, flocking to the state house in Boston because of the governor's orders. And San Francisco police chief, I always thought the thin blue line was support for police officers and and fallen police officers. Isn't that what it is, Linda? They're banning the thin blue line. I thought that was just a support for cops. Am I wrong or right?
1: No, you're totally right. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah, well, that was my understanding. Anyway, we've got three charged in a killing of a store security guard. You know what that was over? The virus. This brings out the worst in people and the best in people. The best is, you know, all the workers that worked. President today uh, saying about truckers. He's with truckers all the way. They're a lifeline. Farmers are a lifeline. Manufacturers have been our lifeline. You guys have been amazing. Um, and people are responding. Massachusetts golf course owners set to defy the state's lockdown you know, I mean, people are saying, uh, okay, we know more than you do. Because you've been wrong, most of you. 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, been working now a long time and excited, although we've had to now delay the release of uh, a book, My First in Ten Years, Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. It's all hanging in the balance. Not hyperbole. It's real. The definitive straight down the line argument what is at stake basically it's america as we know it it is you know we're but one generation uh, uh away from extinction of freedom ronald reagan said anyway with mother's day we kind of came up with a cool idea that you can give your mom a, a specially beautifully bound a bound first run edition of uh the book and uh, it's easy to do. You don't have to go anywhere or do anything. You just go to Hannity.com dot com, and uh, this way you'll give your mom the certificate. The week of release, they'll get the first copies, and they'll get the first edition copy, which we're proud of. Um, I mean, you,
1: I I mean, I know you're you're you know. Again, we're going to keep telling people about this. It's an awesome gift. You know, the cool thing about this is it's got the hardcover edition of Live for Your Die. It's got a collector's case. You know, and then the second that you buy it online you get the card, so you can fill it out, you can print it out at home. You know, at that home, way you, you have don't have it yeah. in your hand. You don't have to By go the way, anywhere. you can do
0: it Sunday morning, basically, and get away right. with it for not you know, thinking ahead.
1: You know, um, it's like capitalism works on Sunday morning. You know, print out your Mother's Day card, you know, go to church, hand her the card. It's going to be awesome, you know?
0: I'm very so, proud you know. of this. This needed to be done. I don't know yet if people understand. We may not even... The, the issues that may ultimately his, you know, we'll look back on that define this coming election in 182 days may not have happened yet. We've got a country to reopen. We're about to get whacked with numbers on the second quarter. Remember, first quarter is January, February, March. Second quarter is April, May, June. When those GDP numbers, unemployment numbers come in, it is going to shock the core of this nation. And I think instinctively many people see this. Now, the hope is, and I know the president is looking at fourth quarter. Well, that's October, November, December. I'm looking if we can get this country up and running. I would expect that, that the, at least the early sign, somewhat dramatic, hopefully, of the V recovery that we all talk about can be in the third quarter. In other words, the president had the best economy on earth. Then this thing happens. Record low unemployment. Every demographic in the country. Anyway, it's, um, there is everything at stake. The new Green Deal, everything's free. No more oil or gas, the lifeblood of the world's economy. This is not; These are not words. This is their agenda. The media contributing daily just everything they've got to take down Donald Trump. Donald Trump is, has now completed the biggest, fastest medical mobilization in the history of mankind. At a record rate with phenomenal success. Donald Trump saved New York. No New York politician. They didn't prepare for anything. He saved New York. It would have been dr- drastically worse. Fully a third of people that died in New York didn't probably didn't have to die. They made bad decisions. And they weren't prepared. And you had the COVID-19 3,000 beds at the Chavitt Center. We only used a little over 1,000. And the, the thousand bed Navy ship, the Comfort, they only used 182 of those beds. But they said nursing homes, elderly care facilities must, by law, take in COVID-19 patients. Wow. And, and people in these nursing homes were screaming, no, we're not ready for that. We don't have the ability to deal with this. And the, it spread like wildfire in these nursing homes, the opposite of what Rick DeSantis did. Now, on the good news, uh, Ron DeSantis, on, what is it, Rick De, Ron DeSantis, Rick Scott, Ron DeSantis. Now I sound like Biden again. Uh, now, the good news is. About yourself, is now, boss,
1: you'll never be that bad.
0: <laughs> nah, it's kind of rough. It's a very it's, high it's bar bad. if I want to reach oh, that level. It's, it's please. Just somebody tell me to get off the stage. Please,
1: don't um, worry, I'll kick you walk
0: off. Me, walk me happen. to the exit ramp. Oh, my um, God. Anyway, the patient count in Nassau County. There was one Saturday. Linda, I think I, I think I texted you. Probably. And I called everybody. I had all my medical friends in hospitals in New York City and Long Island. Long Island, though, what happened is everybody left the city. And they all went out to the suburbs. You had an, you know, an, up, had an outbreak that was pretty severe in, in the Westchester area. Then you had Long Island probably got hit. At this moment in time, I think they had 6,000 new coronavirus cases a day for two days, somewhere around that number. It was astronomical. And I remember exactly where I was. I was on my porch outside, and I'm, I'm literally absorbing all of this data. And it was probably for me, because I thought, and, and again, I'm making phone calls to everybody. How many ventilators do we have? How many in the stockpile? How many might, might we need? How many are we now adding every day? How many, you know, what's the status of respirators and shields? And There's all questions behind the scene I was asking. We spent a lot of time on the phone with pharmaceutical companies. We spent a lot of time on the phone with those companies that were manufacturing, for example, testing. And unfortunately, there were some people that were just afraid to talk to us because, uh-oh, Sean Hannity's calling. Uh-oh, what does he want? It was hard. I wanted nothing except to get information that I can give to you, my audience. Um, and it was, that was a dark weekend. That was the darkest for me, and, and you know, but it, not as dark as for the families that lost loved ones. As the president said to Jim Acosta, there's no happy talk, Jim. It's death. It's about death. But the cure can't be worse than the original problem. We're going to we're going to bounce back. I mean, but prepare yourself for numbers that are going to shock your soul because the second quarter is going to be like the worst since the depression or even worse. Right. But I think the the fundamentals are there. We're going to once we open the country back up, it's we're back up.
1: But I think the thing that you and I have been talking about a lot here is the legislators that are fighting us on reopening the country and doing it smartly and safely and using all of the PPE and being wise and making decisions. You know, this is this nation is based on freedom and our civil liberties and, and making good decisions. Well, so that's now why we I said these... you
0: have to protect those from the beginning. Civil liberties, Correct. medical privacy, right, and constitutional rights. So, you know, we can't do what they did. For example, we love our friends in Israel. Israel, we had the IDF guy on last week. I mean, not one IDF soldier got contracted the virus and died. They only, less than 300 people in Israel died. But they also were tracking people that tested positive, right? Go ahead, finish your point. Right, break.
1: there's a little bit There's a little bit of that contact tracing, and of course that also gets into our Fourth Amendment and our privacy rights, and, and, you know, we need to be careful of that. And I think, you know, really where I'm at right now, and I've been talking to a lot of our friends on Capitol Hill. Hold on a Hill, second, say
0: talking again.
1: <laughs> I've been talking to our friends on Capitol Hill, And you know, I've been asking, I'm like, listen, I'm gonna make a movement here and I'm gonna start reaching out to folks. And I'm gonna say, okay, so if you support keeping, your state your constituents at home unable to keep their businesses open that they've had in their family for generations people that have had restaurants garages you know uh, hardware stores whatever it is for years and years you know and now you're saying no you can't open because you don't know how to do this safely okay well you Mr. legislature you Mr. congressman you Mr. senator then are not going to take a paycheck either because if i can't feed my family then you can't either now you right, stay at dr- home listen and they you shouldn't don't make get a paid
0: paycheck. Nancy Pelosi is hiding out in a multi-million dollar gated community mansion. Right. Um, and Maybe I'm Nancy saying... should
1: forgo a few. Maybe she can keep the pints yeah. that she has. You know, just skip a few ice cream breaks. Just thinking uh, about yeah. it out loud.
0: Donald Trump doesn't get paid. He donates his right. salary.
1: He donates his salary.
0: Correct. They're not going to you know, do these it. But governors, you, I, but you absolutely. know something? Here's the other part. They're going to come back and from the from the safety of her multi million dollar mansion when she ought to be working and getting on a private jet, making a big carbon footprint back to Washington again. Mm-hmm. But here's the here's the problem. They're never going to do it. Donald Trump's out there every day and they sit there. This is what they. this is where they're going next. The country, all these states that live within their means that. That are responsible and don't tax like California, 13.5% income tax in that sanctuary state. Everything's free, free, free for illegal immigrants, sanctuary status. And we know that whole problem. Okay, that's their problem. New York is what, 9.9%, then you got a city income tax, then you got sales taxes, then you got death taxes, then they waste money, 750 million on a, a microchip factory or i'm sorry solar panel factory in upstate new york 600 million dollars on a microchip company all of them go bust 90 million on a on a company partnership with a california company to make light bulbs new york state blew it and they never bought the ventilators that their own task force said to buy new york city's task force said to the mayor buy these ventilators he doesn't even know where the 500 are that he sold off at auction now the question is you know the American people bailed out New York. The food chain, medical supply chain was up and running because people didn't close down. Uh, The American people understand, okay, through no fault of their own, we're going to take the financial hit of all of all time. And we're going to then rebuild the country. But the problem is they're going to want to balance their budgets off the backs of States that are fiscally responsible. Now I say this to my own detriment because New York is going to lose population like they have been probably now at a more accelerated pace if you leave California with a U-Haul and you go to Texas it's around 2500 bucks if you leave Texas and go to California you're doing U-Haul a favor you can get the return trip for 400 bucks that tells you everything you need to know but if they want their unfunded pensions paid for by the by people in red states with responsible governors no sales tax or no income tax, or little income tax, uh, they're not going to balance their budgets off the backs of responsible states and responsible Americans that don't elect these tax spend, waste, fraud, abuse, control freak, blue state governors. And that's the next thing that's going to happen. So I don't know if I want them back or not. I'm telling you as somebody that lives in New York, don't bail out New York financially. They've already been in the hole. Don't bail out Illinois don't bail out New Jersey. Don't bail out California. The American people have no business bailing them out. COVID relief only. That's it. New York survived because the rest of the country had no problem saving their fellow countrymen. That doesn't mean they need to pay off your debt. Now, let me tell you what's happening here. You make a great point. They shouldn't be paid. Oh, and you got fake news CNN. Remember March 4th, Anderson Cooper. Worry more about the flu. They want to talk about my timeline with Fauci on January 27th. I'll talk about CNN's timeline. Uh, Anyway, now we have a guest on fake news. CNN saying going outside for fresh air is a dangerous betrayal to hospital workers. Ron DeSantis did it the best. He didn't get the credit he deserves. But if you look at the numbers, uh, compare them to the idiot governor in Michigan. Dramatically better. He targeted the vulnerable. Older people in nursing homes at the villages america's friendliest hometown he targeted them for safety then we had fewer people contracting the virus he mostly kept the beaches open not to lay on and but you know to walk on and now even gavin newsom's going there because gavin newsom he's not going to stop the people in huntington beach anyway and the orange county sheriff's not going to help him but you got demonstrators in boston you got These idiotic people out in California, police chief, bans the thin blue line, even even said it has to be a neutral face covering. Um, But he said that these, you know, in an email that it's a meaningful expression to honor fallen officers. But people are upset. But, you know, we have Newsom's office refusing records request on the billion dollar mass deal with a Chinese company. We need to get to the bottom of that. Uh, golf courses, why not put one people, one person in each cart, social distancing. And when you're on the green, stay away from each other, wear a mask. There you go. Uh, but you know, the media, you know, all they want to do is bludgeon Trump. Now it's like, well, if we keep it closed long enough and things are bad enough, my people might consider the ever so slow and confused Joe Biden. Biden couldn't do, do what Trump has done here in a million years. Um, But I will say this because I love you, my audience. I've seen the worst of this for the sake of the the people that Ron DeSantis protected. I'm going to if if I'm around vulnerable people temporarily, whatever, or will be around them, I'll wear the mask for their sake. I will because I wouldn't want to live with myself because I've seen what it does. And I know. And and for those that say the shutdown never should have happened. Now, there's, you know, we were all given crappy information. And that in and of itself needs to be investigated. The Chinese lied to the world. I don't blame Anthony Fauci for saying on February 29th, the risk is low. I don't blame him. We, were, we didn't know where these models came from. Well, they were predicting two and a half million dead Americans. If the president didn't act with the travel ban, quarantine, subsequent travel bans, while they were impeaching him and not talking about Corona, um, it would have been worse. It's incalculable. The president didn't get, uh, take control of New York and build all the hospital beds and get all the equipment. New York, it would have been three, four, five, six times. It's, we can't calculate such a thing. But so for the sake of others, I'm going to follow the rules, my choice. I'm just going to do it for the sake of others, knowing that old people, compromised immune systems, underlying conditions are at risk. I'm going to do it for them because I like being around old people. They're smart Um, and I want to protect them. We love our elderly. So as you go about your openings and your walks on the beach, you know what? Wear the stupid mask. It's only temporary. That's my advice to you. Do the social distancing thing. But we're opening the country It has to open, but do it safely. Right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, in a second, I'm going to introduce a friend of mine and his doctor and Dr. Oz. Look, we've all debated the issue of remdesivir. We know Fauci's feelings. One of the things that, you know, Dr. Oz always said that I paid very close attention to, you go to war with the Army, you have. Not the army you wish you have. And I don't want to turn this into another analysis debate, which we've gone over ad nauseum on hydroxychloroquine. But I just want to remind people the preeminent, foremost expert on uh, hydroxychloroquine, uh, Plaquenil, is this Dr. Daniel Wallace. He's affiliated with Cedar sinai Medical Center, Los Angeles. Uh, inherited the largest lupus practice in 1985. Has, is now taking care of over 2,000 people with that disease. They use hydroxychloroquine. Uh, his patients have taken it or have been. He's authored 400 peer-reviewed papers. He wrote the principal lupus textbook. He's the past chairman of the Lupus Foundation of America and the Rheumatology Research Foundation of American College of Rheumatology, and on the board of directors of the Lupus Research Alliance Lupus Therapeutics, and he's written about anti-malarials, all HCQ, all hydroxychloroquine. His words in this that he sent to the FDA, uh, hydroxychloroquine, HCQ, plaquinol, is a very safe drug. It has been given to tens of millions of individuals in the world since its approval in 1955, that's 65 years ago, and as a monotherapy has not been associated with any deaths in recommended dosage in 42 years of practice no patient of mine has ever been hospitalized for any hcq complication and by the way they don't have any guidelines ekgs many have taken it along with for example erythromycin and his last thing he said in this was the risk of taking 400 milligrams hcq a day following a loading dose a single 600 milligram uh, milligram dose for 30 to 60 days the risk he says is nil unless you have an allergic rash or an upset stomach not life-threatening what's the first rule as a doctor do no harm so i got a call and i say this because i don't feel like going down that road and having to explain it later uh because we've discussed it ad nauseam so at some point, it was fairly early on, a friend of mine who I worked with in radio for many, many years, he's a dear friend, um, very influential in my career at times, and him and Phil Boyce and, and Mitch Dolan and a few other people uh, helped me get into syndication. He writes me, and we've stayed in touch, uh, obviously, and he's, he's, he's very active. He rides bicycles. He plays tennis. He's very, very athletic. He writes me that he's in the hospital he has pneumonia i didn't see it immediately because i was busy that day. then i see i'm like i had well, like a five alarm fire went off in my head and almost immediately i was like he's got covid it turns out he did but the test hadn't come back yet we didn't have the iterations of testing that we do now um i instantly called him wanted to know everything um, I would subsequently find out that he'd said his goodbyes to his family and subsequently find out, you know, that he redid his will. I'm like, oh, boy. But I brought Dr. Oz in at the hospital that he was at. And I don't this is not anything against any hospital. They were not using as a therapy therapy hydroxychloroquine. Um, but anyway, John McConnell is my friend. He's on the line. Dr. Gene uh, Pasco is on the line. He is the doctor is an amazing guy. I've gotten to know Dr. Oz is with us. Um how you feeling?
2: now I feel great. I feel almost a hundred percent and it's been uh it's been five weeks since I've been out of the hospital and that was uh that was a week that uh I will never forget and uh especially because how sick i got but uh obviously i I did get in touch with you and uh you were e- extremely on top of it and and uh and introduced me to uh, to dr. Oz and who spoke with my doctor who was on the line and uh, and you put forward some ideas that, uh, that dr. Would, Hannity uh, sprung
0: into action by the way and I'm not yeah. a real doctor <laughs> uh,
2: well you you obviously were well ahead of it from an from a knowledge standpoint and uh, I was just a guy that got sick and didn't really know what to do
0: I didn't know you had said g- your goodbyes to your wife of what thirty-six years? I didn't know that had happened, John. You didn't? I didn't find that out till I heard an interview you did.
2: Yeah, it was. It, that was actually uh, uh, two days later. I had. Uh, I got to um. the hospital on a Wednesday. I met Doctor Pasca shortly thereafter. Um, that night, I was during the time that I was there, and uh, through Friday morning, I was getting sicker, sicker, and sicker. And Doctor Pasca came in. Friday morning, and he said to me, "I think the the term you use, Doctor Pasca, is you're decompensating." And uh, you said that uh, the next move was I would be taken to ICU and put on a ventilator. And yes, it was at that point he had called my wife. I called my wife, and you know it was terrible to you know you say the things that you have to say with. You don't want to say goodbye, but, you, but at the time, the, uh, the prospects of the ventilator weren't, uh, weren't very good. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty rough. But, uh, but as he will explain, as they got ready to take me to ICU, I fell asleep. And when I woke up, which was an hour later, I felt that.
0: This and was after you took the first dose of hydroxy.
2: Which was the which was the afternoon before Doctor yeah. Doctor Pasca uh, 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 gave it to me uh, Thursday afternoon,
0: and he made it happen, which I give all credit. And I'll introduce down Doctor Pasca, and then we'll bring in Doctor Oz, who's a hero in this too. Um, I remember the first conversation we had, uh, Doctor Pasca, and you had told me at that moment you were in charge. Of twenty-four patients, you were doing all the COVID handling in your particular hospital, and you had twenty-three or twenty-four people on ventilators. And I if I remember, it was either twenty-four or thirty-six hours, you said, Yeah, John's probably going to be on a ventilator. And what we have now discovered, and I'll let Dr. Osway in more, is that if people got to that point on a ventilator, the odds of you surviving are fifteen or twenty percent. And correct. And yeah. Uh, so tell us from your point of view, where you were with John, how far away from intubation were you?
3: So I I remember when I first started looking at John's case, actually, and and first, thanks for having me on, Hannity, I appreciate it, and uh, my dad's a longtime listener, and so am I, so you have a great show, Uh, but I remember when I first picked up his case, and uh, it was really, it was pneumonia of uncertain etiology. at that point we had a significant testing delay, you know, around the country, it was about five to seven days in most regions uh, before you would get the results of your COVID test. So I was I was in a bit of a bind trying to really determine what the cause of his pneumonia was from, um, but based on uh, ruling things out and using a very uh, algorithmic approach, I came to the conclusion that there was a there was a high probability that this was COVID. You know, he he had elevated inflammatory markers. Uh, I ruled out other causes of pneumonia, and based on his X-ray, uh, it was my great concern that he really if he was older and i think i said this to dr oz at the time if he was 10 years older i think he'd already be on a ventilator um and that was really based on my my limited exposure here in florida just seeing these covid patients at the time um and, and how they've reacted and behaved so and, and instead of you know, most places you know were they at the time were giving hydroxychloroquine Only to severely ill patients on a ventilator. In fact, I don't. I'm not aware of a study at the time in in America that was doing anything otherwise. Um,
0: So, and did you you as a result of John, did you change protocol in the hospital?
3: We did not change protocol. Um, You know, the protocol does remain essentially the same, in that it's basically uh, something you can consider. Um, But that being said, you know, I think that um, in his. In his case, a lot of other cases, uh, the the original question put forth by the France data was when we started early, people seemed to do really well. Um, And then, unfortunately, a lot of our studies, we have gone and we've investigated uh, the answer to a question that nobody asked, and that's if you're... If you're very sick and you're on a ventilator and you're, you know, there's a good chance you're going to pass it's away. Too, it's too late. Is it beneficial? Yes, yeah, is, it, is, it, is it beneficial to start an antibiotic essentially at that point? Hydro- hydroxychloroquine is working essentially as an antibiotic, preventing entrance of the virus into the cell. And you know, I, I use a, a quick example to this. It's like if you had a serious infection and you were told that you were in kidney failure and you're going to need dialysis or you won't live, but we want to start this experimental drug. Um, and it may cure the infection, and you know, you're going to ask, are, "Are my kidneys going to be better?" And, no, probably not. They're probably not going to mm-hmm. recover. So, you know, unfortunately, we're starting hydroxychloroquine late, and I think that's really the the underlying uh, question I have. Obviously, we don't have data back yet to determine if we have it the has French study. clinical efficacy. That's true. Um, it's very promising um, the thousand patient case series with excellent results mm-hmm. uh, I mean I think that's fantastic. Um, I'm really optimistically waiting for a good randomized control trial uh, which I think Vanderbilt University uh,
0: is oh yeah by the way that's something that on. we we discussed often Dr. Pasco and that we we all yeah. wanted that but that takes time and we didn't have time at the time and Certainly. you know the first, I think that what I loved about Daniel Wallace is dr. Wallace's you know, the, the the do no harm question was addressed by him, and he's the foremost expert. Let me bring in Dr. Oz. And I've been telling people, this guy doesn't sleep. He makes phone calls around the world, getting the best information, what's working, what's not, what's working, what's not. And on top of it, then he's getting calls from people like me, annoying him. I need your help here, 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 and here. And he was there every time. Um, uh, and I know you remember John's case in particular, Dr. Oz.
4: John, I'm glad you're doing well. I remember the case vividly. Dr. Posker, I would applaud you because uh, you went out and studied the scenario. This is back in March, everybody. I mean, it's a different world. We, we just didn't know what we were dealing with and uh, desperately trying to find solutions in, in, in any place you could get them. And doing our homework, and Dr. Posker and I and a bunch of other physicians doing the exact same thing, just calling everybody, you know, kicking the tires in every concept, and none of us knew if for example hydroxychloroquine could work or not. I had the same question you had, uh, Sean, that you brought up over and over. Was it safe? Um, we, we we know that combined with antibiotics and critically ill people in the ICU they seem to be having heart problems um, but used as rheumatologists have used it for decades and malaria patients have been using it or people want to avoid malaria for decades. It doesn't seem to have a, a negative profile. There was just a piece I was looking at that's about to get published. I'm hoping 950,000 patients uh, covering this. I, uh, you know, countries like Turkey. There was a big piece in CBS News on Turkey using hydroxychloroquine as their first-line therapy when people get ill. And then they add, if you get, if you're sick, they give you antibiotics. If you're sicker, they give you antivirals. I mean, they they ramp it up. Uh, is it good or not? We don't know. We're all desperately waiting for that larger randomized trial. The smaller trials that we've had have been uh, mixed, but uh, certainly there's the supportive data into those trials from China. So the question then becomes, what do you do with a person in front of you in, a, in an ICU like John, who you don't want to put a breathing tube in? We know the mortality rates in folks who get intubated is high. And so looking for any solution that's out there, this seemed like one that might make sense. And i got to hand it to you guys. you you tried it, and you know, whether it worked or not, I mean, no one's ever going to know the answer to that question, but we've all been inundated with calls from people who think it helped them, and I'm as anxious as everyone to see the results of these trials, which I'm hoping we'll get in the next month.
0: Well, I, I want to get that, but we were saying at the time, of course we want clinical trials. We all like that, but I do think that Dr. Wallace of Cedar sinai is the foremost premier expert in terms of the one big question is, will it hurt? And he said the but word sorry, nil.
4: Sorry, we, we, we have more data than that. We have over 1,000 patients in the University of Minnesota no. trial who have been randomized to get hydroxychloroquine or not. And the safety group, that, you know, the organization, the academic group, that says, is it safe? Are we doing harm? Said, no, you're not doing harm. Keep going. So we have lots of people, even in randomized trials, who aren't getting into trouble with just hydroxychloroquine used early in the course of illness? So that's the place where we've heard positive feedback from France and from these trials in China. Also, no no complications related to hydroxychloroquine. No. In, in addition to decades of experience,
0: sixty five years, Doctor Oz, I'm going to let you go because I'm I, you you were just great. I want everyone to know you went. It was twenty four seven for you and your level of commitment to help to to work with whatever army we could piece together. Not having the ability of a clinical trial, um, I'm convinced save lives, um, and I want to thank you for that, Doctor Pasco. If you can stay, John, if you can stay, we'll continue on the other side of this. Um, well, full coverage on Hannity tonight. All right, as we roll along, eight hundred nine four one. Sean, so a friend of mine uh, got COVID nineteen and uh, literally was very close to being intubated. Uh, we have a short segment here, John. You and Doctor Pasco are going to stay with us for a little bit on the other side. But what was the worst moment for you?
2: The worst moment was when after Dr. pasca came in uh to tell me that uh I was being moved to i c u that uh I needed to be on a ventilator and uh having to call my wife and then uh and then my sons after that that was oh. that was pretty hard that was, you know because i obviously well, I know, you know your whole family
0: me. and and they couldn't see you uh did you did you say goodbye i mean
2: yes Yes, I, I I did to my wife and my older son, and and but 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 also to say, look, things things will work out. It'll be okay. But you know, if 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 not, I I'm I love you. I'm proud of you. And and then I called my youngest son, and I, it has been his job throughout me being sick to make me laugh. So
0: hmm. I never
2: got to do that. By the way, I could I could have predicted that
0: it's, <laughs> knowing your kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stay right there. Uh, Dr. Pascoe, we'll get back to you, I promise, on the other side of this. Unbelievable. Scary. And it has something to do with the reopening. And I'm going to address that when we get back on the other side. Glad you're with us. Hannity tonight at nine. All right. Twenty five till the top of the hour. Huge news on the deep state and new information on General Flynn. Uh, and we'll check in with Roger Stone and his attorney. Uh, David Schoen and uh, guess who's under fire the corrupt compromised congenital liar because he's won't release the interviews that he's hiding because it'll show that he's a liar at a very high level and now Republicans are fighting back uh, we'll get into all of that we have the latest on the race for 2020 uh, and much much more but we continue a friend of mine this goes back to March sends me a text Uh, I have pneumonia. I'm in the hospital. Somebody I've known for decades. And I went into full panic mode, to be very blunt, because by this time, look, I was very dubious dubious of this thing. On January 27th, I first had Dr. Fauci on. The next day, I followed up with a panel of doctors. I talked to the president about it in the Super Bowl interview February 2nd. had Dr. Fauci back February 10th. And it was what really stood out to me is that Okay, we first identified Corona in China on December 30th as something with a a virus with pneumonia like symptoms. The first case in. Well, then we identified Corona January 7th. The first case in the U.S. January 21st identified case of Corona in the U.S. Uh, It's May 5th. It's Not that long ago. Uh, The president's travel ban, an incredible call 10 days later. And he was called every name in the book for it. Uh, and that was on January thirty first. I mean, uh, unbelievable. And then you know, even February 29th, Doctor Fauci, who I love and respect. Remember, we were all lied to by China. The models have been atrociously wrong, and it's scandalous at this point because you know, two and a half million people are going to die, and then it's one hundred eighty five thousand, then it's sixty thousand, now it's one hundred thousand. I mean, it's ridiculous. We need to understand how did they get everything so wrong. Dr. Fauci said on February 29th, the risk is low, even said in March, March 9th of all days that, you know, young, healthy people can go on a cruise. I'm not faulting him. We didn't know everything that we know now. At this stage, when my friend John McConnell, I'm going to bring back up in a second, told me that he had pneumonia, I freaked out because by that time I'd, I'd been reading too much and talking to too many doctors. And I knew instantaneously that this was likely COVID. Anyway, with the help of Dr. Oz, they were able to uh, get a treatment plan that did include hydroxychloroquine, um, and his doctor, Dr. Gene Pasca, is on with us, and uh, John, you were explaining that you were told you were going on a ventilator in the next 24 hours, and uh, the survival rate is about 15, maximum 20 percent if you went on it. Um, did Dr. Posca tell you that part or we might you know, not have even that, known that
2: no, well I, I was aware of it, but Dr. Pasco uh, from the get go was extremely positive and he was a cheerleader for me, and he was very communicative about what my condition was and when I was getting worse and uh, he you know he said to me as he introduced this as the as the next move that I am healthy. I don't smoke, I'm in great shape, and all of that stuff to say that you're going to be fine. But, you know, obviously I was reading at that point everything I could, when I could, about, uh, about the virus. And I knew, as my wife did, as my kids did, that the ventilator was not a great option for most people.
0: And you have no underlying conditions and you're not overweight you don't have a compromised immune system you're an athlete you've been an athlete your entire life you still play a lot of tennis and bike riding I mean you're you're in great shape you're you wouldn't be in that category that you would think this would potentially take your life
2: you No, know, well that's what Dr. Posca was betting on was just all the exercise and and trying to stay fit and and keep weight down and all of that would make a difference and uh but you know, e- either which way, it was he made the decision. I believe that, that and yes, Doctor Oz was very much a part of this, but it was Doctor Pasca's decision. And uh-huh. I tell you, and I and I truly believe, had he not made the decision on my behalf to give me the hydrochloroquine, I don't think I would be here today.
0: Doctor Pasca, I agree with Doctor Oz. You showed amazing courage openness again we were, this was early on we we're all grasping for straws and treatments and i think dr wallace you know once we knew there was no harm as the president was saying at the time what have you got to lose at that point what what is the percentage of people that you were caring for when they got on a ventilator that survived dr pasca are you there we might have lost dr pasca all right we'll, we'll get him back on the other line you know it's scary, John. Like for example, I'm looking in New York. I compare Florida and Ron DeSantis, and you, this is not really even political. And and Governor DeSantis was attacked because of spring break. But what he did do that we should all learn from, because in we have a very high elderly population in Florida. People go to retire there. You're one of them. You're you're rich though. You got to retire very young. Um, and the best, but he targeted the villages and elderly care facilities and long-term assisted living facilities. That's where they put all their energy and focus, which was the elderly population. And that's one of the things that actually ended up being true, although we went through waves of, well, maybe it is impacting young people. Maybe it's not. And like, for example, this just broke on the AP. New York State, it's even worse because... Again, he had 3000 beds at the Javits Center. They converted it to COVID-19 capabilities just like the Navy hospital ship Comfort. They used only a little over 1000 of the 3000 beds manned by the by the federal government, by the president, built by the president, all the all the equipment donated by the president, and they they used very few of them and then March 25th, they literally put out an executive order mandating that these nursing homes and elder care facilities take on COVID-19 patients. Well, now we found out today that, that there were uh, 1,700 previously undisclosed deaths at these nursing homes. And that in New York State, again, the opposite of what Ron DeSantis did. Ron DeSantis has the best numbers of anybody in the country because he targeted the elderly population and the vulnerable. 4,813 people died from COVID-19 in New York State nursing homes since March 1st. And this is this is an epic fail on top of not buying the task force recommended number of ventilators and telling people March 2nd, the governor and mayor, oh, we're, we're safe here. The risk is nil. And the the mayor telling people, well, here are my recommendations to go out on the town. Do we have Dr. Poska back? Dr. Poska, you there? Yes. Yeah, I'm here. So, when you, what is the percentage of people that when they got on a ventilator were able to survive it?
3: So, I, I, I probably am not allowed to give you specific numbers, but what I can say is that um, I, I'm pretty sure our numbers are quite a bit better than 80%. Um, and, and I would attribute that primarily to um, an excellent medical staff, uh, Dr. George Mitchell, director of ICU, um, really prompt care uh, by the nursing staff. and. Uh, forward-thinking uh, by our Cleveland Clinic Hospital setting everything up and giving us the ability really to do well. But I think our numbers are quite a bit better than uh, 20% survival, but I can't, I can't really go into...
0: Dr. Society. Pasca, I got to tell you something, that, those are the best ventilator numbers in the country. That, really? that would yeah. mean you guys figured something out, just like I think Ron DeSantis figured out, target the most vulnerable, and Florida, compared, compared to New York... New Jersey, Connecticut, and Michigan was is still an unmitigated disaster. Um, that was the right strategy, and, and letting people walk on the beach but not lay on the beach and keep a distance, that seemed to work too, right?
3: Governor DeSantis has done an amazing job. Um, I actually had the opportunity to talk to him, and he, uh, obviously, I have listened to many of his press briefings. I, I think that he has just done an amazing job. Um, the strike forces that he sends to these nursing facilities, I think that that was uh really an intelligent idea to really quickly isolate patients as well as staff workers with uh, possible symptoms and positive cases. Um, So I think he's done a fantastic job.
0: So we could really learn from Florida and maybe you're a hospital too on the ventilator issue, but we can learn from Florida. I mean, it is dramatically lower in terms of the number of, of people that contracted the disease the number of uh, uh, the mortality rate, all of it lower because he did the right thing. New York made every mistake you could possibly make, and, and New York lost all of these people. I mean, forcing nursing homes to take on COVID-19 patients, it spread like wildfire. And the worst part is, is they had these beds available and manned by the federal government. I don't, under, I, I don't think they did it on purpose. I just think they made a bad call that resulted in a lot of people dying.
3: It's really hard to believe that anyone in charge would send a COVID-positive patient to a nursing facility. Uh, it, it's
0: so stupid that it's hard to believe they did it. They did it, and they forced them by law, and these guys were screaming, don't do this. Well, yeah. I want to thank you. I have, I have something in the mail for you, Dr. Pasca, and I, and I hope you enjoy it. It's my way of saying thank you for saving the life oh, of my buddy you. over here. <laughs> and that, you know what that means. Every, everything John does for the rest of his life, I'm responsible for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, every mistake he makes, I'm not I blame Hannity. It's Hannity's fault. Uh, listen, now, it broke my heart when I heard. It. it broke my heart when I heard that you had made that call. I didn't find out till later when Michael Harrison interviewed you at Talkers dot com, and I'm like, he didn't tell me that part.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we did, but it's all good now. And thank you for your help, Sean. Dr. Pasca, thank you for your help. I would not be here. If not for you guys.
0: Well, I'll tell you, I had a call with I called your better half during this. And she was I mean, she couldn't even talk to you. She couldn't come see you. Your family wanted to come see you. And that's and they made the right call by not allowing that. But I mean, it's scary when you say, no, I'm getting on a ventilator. Goodbye. I mean, it's so scary.
2: You know, that was the worst to think, how many people have died in this country or around the world that haven't had the opportunity to be close to their family to say goodbye. It's horrible.
0: Yeah. Dr. Poska, you're a lifesaver. John, glad you're, you're home safe and, and back to normal living. Thank God. And uh, my best to everybody.
2: Be well. Thank you.
0: 800-941-SHAWN, you want to be a part of the program. Now, where do, where do I want to go with this? Here's my message to everybody. I want this country open as quickly as possible. Everything. I think these governors like Whitmer are, are just dumb. They've, they've made mistake after mistake. You can't cut your lawn. That's dumb. Everything in between. Um, but you got to do, I would advise everybody, do it safely for the sake of others. If you're going to be in contact with any elderly people, people with conditions, do it safely. That's all I'm saying. I choose to do it for older people. Um, and it's temporary. We're it's not going to be long. All right. Um, all right. Let's say hi to Paul who's in North Carolina, disagrees with me about the guys with the ARs. How are you, sir?
5: I'm doing very well, Sean. How are you?
0: I'm good, sir. Glad you called.
5: Yeah, you know, I just I listen to you every day. I'm a faithful listener. You're a great patriot. I, ha- I had to come to you and say, look, the comment yesterday about the guns, you know, uh, getting up into the house there in Whitmer State. They, these politicians need to realize that at some point that they're not invincible. I mean, we're going to start making choices for ourselves because we're not going to sit back and starve to death because some woman doesn't want to sell us seeds or allow us to go out and paint our house or cut our grass.
0: So and stupid. Really, by, by the way, I agree with you. She's so dumb and she messed up so bad. I um, There's no disagreement on her stupidity.
5: But, but I, the question that I have is whether it's Pelosi or Schumer or Waters or any of them. I mean, they've got to realize, and I don't know if they do or not, you're going to push things to a point where there is no turning back. I mean, you know, the citizens of this country, we bust our rear ends to go out here and earn. I, I work for a great construction company. I am, I am blessed the fact that I've had employment all through this whole thing as an essential worker. But, you know, there are so many people that are out there that are sitting there, you know, counting down their little checks that they got from government. Oh, by the way, that was our money that they were sending us back, right? So it wasn't like they did it. The yeah, same.
0: Good point. Let me just How, tell you however, what I'm saying here. Yeah, because I want to be very clear. I want you to understand it. Sure. Just in my cock be said, just because you can doesn't mean you should. We're not at the point. Look, we better get this country up and running and we now know i believe we have a lot of information that we didn't have to open it and do it safely that's why you know the mask the plexiglass you know the hands under the the little opening in the plexiglass to get your manicure I, and I'll apologize to governor kemp i didn't think that could be done at this point you can i think you know we'll know soon enough um right, right. but all i'm saying is we're not at the point of a revolution here you know you have you know, small business guys, families at this thing protesting freely. I'm a big supporter of free speech and a big supporter of the Second Amendment. The problem yep. is when these guys show up in full tactical gear and their AR-15s, that they become then the focus. And we're not even discussing opening up the state and opening up or getting rid of these draconian issues. And... Once you show up in force like that, it changes the entire atmosphere. Cops are now full-on adrenaline rush. You know, innocent people are there. You could make your voice known, and if you have a right to carry, then carry, concealed, you you could protect yourself. That, to me, was an unnecessary—I'm not saying illegal— and unnecessary intimidation effort. And if something, God forbid, happens, guess who's going to, we're going to be debating the rights of all the law-abiding Second Amendment and gun owners. Don't you agree?
5: Yeah, but I think what's happening there, Sean, is that you've got people that are out there that said, they clearly say in their own mind, we've got these politicians who are employees of ours.
0: They and suck. Clearly, I'm not, listen, vote them out of office. I hear you. Open up carefully, safely. I'm not dis- dis- disputing it. All right, I got your point. Uh, Roger Stone, we get back.
5: Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload
6: hour. And it's my strong opinion that the forewoman of the jury, the woman who was in charge of the jury, is totally tainted. When you take a look, how can you have a person like this? She was a anti-Trump activist. Now how can you have a jury pool tainted so badly? It's not fair. What happened to him is unbelievable. They say he lied. But other people lied too. Just to mention, Comey lied. (laughs) McCabe lied. Lisa Page
0: lied. Her lover, Struck, Peter Struck. (laughs) Lied. All right. That was the president. Uh, now with the well, now we now know what were they doing in the case of General Flynn. They were saying about General Flynn. Well, what is our goal here? Is our goal an admission uh, to get him to lie to, so we can prosecute him or get him fired? No, the goal of any honest, which I think is most FBI agents, the vast, overwhelming majority of FBI agents Is the truth and justice it's not a competition Uh, and of course we now that case all of that has been revealed General Flynn was innocent we had George Papadopoulos on yesterday he too they withheld exculpatory evidence he was innocent Uh, we have the case of Paul Manafort had they not gone forward in this case his case was dead and it was put to rest they they dragged it out from the dead uh, because they wanted to get Trump It was political, a persecution. Uh, Then in the case of Roger Stone, well, you have a very unique set of circumstances there because uh, it was a process crime. And 29 guys in tactical gear and frogmen, oh, and CNN cameras, show up at Roger Stone's house in another pre-dawn raid like the Manafort case. Why? Because they wanted to make a show of force. Um, Now we go through a trial, and what do we find out? The jury person had written on social media how much she doesn't like Roger Stone, Donald Trump or any of Donald Trump's supporters. I thought we had the right in this country, constitutionally fair, impartial jury. Well, Roger Stone never got that. Roger Stone never deserved the pre-dawn raid with CNN cameras and frogmen in tactical gear. Twenty nine guys. But it happened. If we don't get to the bottom of all of this, what have I been saying now for three plus years? I have been saying we don't have equal justice under the law, equal application of our laws. If we don't have the rule of law, then you might as well take your Constitution and shred it because you're not going to have a country anymore. Now, to the credit of Bill Barr, and it appears Prosecutor Durham, uh, we are getting to a lot of truth here. The problem is the judge finding out that the head juror in the Stone case um, was obviously abusively biased and this was not an impartial jury. Well, the judge still refused to vacate the guilty verdict. Um, That is a travesty of justice. And just like General Flynn, well, Roger Stone used to be a fairly well-off guy. He's now broke. Uh, General Flynn had to sell his house, He can't pay, afford to pay his lawyers. And then they threatened to send his son to jail. And like ugh, the soldier he is, he's like, so you want me to lie or you're going to put my son in jail? He dove on the sword for his family. After this shouldn't happen in America. Roger Stone is with us and we have civil liberties attorney, former uh, board member of the Alabama civil liberties union and friend of the show. David Schoen is now representing Roger. Uh, welcome both of you to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Roger, um, I did send you an occasional note during all of this, but knowing everything I write is basically taken by people that shouldn't be reading it. I have to be careful in anything I do or say now. Um, but I felt I, I watched this unfold and I'm like, this can't happen in our country. I can't imagine the stress, the pressure, the anxiety that goes along with all of this and your thoughts on everything. And where do you think this stands now? Because you still have not gotten this this ridiculous uh, guilty verdict vacated.
6: Well, Sean, as you probably know, we have filed uh, our notice of an appeal, even though an appeal could cost millions of dollars and take years. Um, I would leave it to uh, David Schoen to give you a better idea of the many issues our appeal would raise. But all the truth of this became very clear. This wasn't about me. This was about pressuring me to bear false witness against the president. When they knew the Mueller report was a dud, when they were looking for anything in there that they could equate uh, to uh, 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 a dishonesty on behalf of the president, they offered me a deal. All they wanted me to do was to recharacterize A number of phone calls between candidate Trump and myself in 2016, uh, and they would have recommended no jail time. And I declined because I was not going to lie and because it wasn't true. I said it on Meet the Press. I, I uh, I said it with George Stephanopoulos. I say it again. I never discussed anything pertaining to WikiLeaks and their disclosures with candidate Trump, ever. And there's no evidence other than the false testimony of Rick Gates, which is uncorroborated, to to contradict that. So it was really all about getting the president. They, these people, the same people who set up General Flynn, who is a great American hero, in my opinion, the same people who
0: set I agree, up— I agree, by the are way. The
6: same people, —are the same people who tried and unfortunately failed to set our president up.
0: Uh, David, you're as good a lawyer yeah. as I know— um, how is it possible the judge allowed this verdict and and didn't reverse it after finding out this this obvious bias and hatred of roger by the jury for person who i would have thought uh would have had to disclose uh before any trial uh during jury selection
7: i i don't think we've even scratched the surface of how bad this juror misconduct was in this case frankly remember uh this juror was posting on social media. The judge at Roger Stone's sentencing said, Roger Stone used social media to get his message out as broadly as possible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Media so one,
0: one thing, I did forget to say that. They did silence in America Roger Stone. He could not defend himself, and the judge was clear. Or you're going to jail if you defend yourself.
5: Oh, that, that's absolutely
7: right. I mean, this is the most draconian gag order I've ever seen imposed in a case. Roger Stone, his family, his friends, his lawyers were prohibited from commenting on the Mueller team or the investigation against him in any public forum, or even retweeting what somebody else posted about it. So how could he possibly really have investigated the case these days without using social media? But this juror posted these posts, and the posts were taken down. We don't know... What kind of interaction went on? Was she further influenced by others on the outside? Did she influence others? I don't think this was handled properly at all in terms of the hearing into the juror misconduct. That's only one of the issues in the case. You know, you said earlier, uh, this was, I I will say, this was simply to get President Donald Trump. How could this happen in this country? This is a hallmark of an Andrew Weissman who led this team.
0: Threatening family members. Well, it wasn't Mueller. He didn't know who Fusion GPS was. Uh, yeah, right. As the guy as, as as it was revealed during the hearing, that's not a trick question. Um, right. And he didn't know that Jeannie Ray was Clinton's attorney. Okay, he wasn't there for this. Right. So
7: so let me say this about you, raised That last point is very important. Jeannie Ray was the lead prosecutor in Roger Stone's case. She was part of the Mueller team. Jeannie Ray was a lawyer partner at Wilmer Hale Law Firm in D.C. So was Robert Mueller, and so were three other members of the team Zebley, Quarles, and uh, Zebley and Quarles, in any event, plus Jeannie Ray. There's another lawyer at Wilmer Hale named Nicole Rabner, who was Hillary Clinton's advisor when Clinton was in the White House. All of those people were partners at Wilmer Hale. Jeannie Rhee and Wilmer Hale represented Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation, and Justin Cooper who was represented by Aaron Zebley, also of the Mueller team, in the email scandal investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails and the Clinton Foundation. According to the judge at Roger Stone's sentencing, Roger Stone, the underlying conduct here was an effort to get Hillary Clinton's emails from WikiLeaks. Whether that's true or not, that's what the judge understands the whole theory of prosecution in this case to be. How on earth can you have a Mueller team, all of those partners, including Mueller himself from the law firm that represented Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation, now prosecuting Roger Stone? They still owe the duties to Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation. And when Robert Mueller said before the congressional hearing that he didn't know when he hired her that Jeannie Ree represented uh, uh, Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation. The question should have been, are you aware that your firm, where you're a senior partner, and now has returned to that firm, represented Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation? And the fellow sitting next to him, Aaron Zebley, represented Justin Cooper, who apparently admitted breaking the mobile devices that conveyed those emails. So that's how far this has gone. And the judge said, flat out. Roger Stone is not charged with or convicted of anything to do with Russia collusion or even lying about it. So what was the Mueller team doing in here, given their mandate?
0: You know, you raise a lot of great questions. Now I want to get to the heart of, we know that they tried to get, and they did eventually threaten General Flynn's son because they wanted him to lie. KT McFarlane has said as much. She reiterated that again last night. Roger Stone, you're telling America that they gave you a narrative And if you would have agreed to tell them X, Y, and Z about Donald Trump, you would have been given a get-out-of-jail-free card. Is that true?
6: That is absolutely correct. Uh, I can tell you the exact date. It was July 24th, 2019. But let me add the kicker. They also implied that if I did not agree, they had the option of uh, superseding charges, adding additional fabricated counts against me. It's important people understand that the reason we know that Andrew Weissman actually wrote my indictment, I was arrested at 6 a.m. At 7 a.m., January 25th, the special counsel's office blasted a copy of my indictment to the entire media world, and they posted it on their website. But they forgot to remove the meta tags that bear the initials of Andrew Weissman. There is uh, the culprit. Now, interestingly, uh, uh, the judge had no interest in this because my indictment was not unsealed by a federal magistrate till 9:30 a.m. So the dissemination of it at 7 a.m. was not legal. Doesn't matter. There are different rules for different people in our two-tiered system of
0: justice. I don't. You know, I, I just want people to understand how breathtakingly corrupt this is. At every level, everything, David, you've been a part of our ensemble cast. Everything we reported about, well, Clinton, the emails, deleted bleach bit, the dirty Russian dossier that they knew it was unverifiable. They used it anyway. Wow. They illegally premeditated fraud on a FISA court. They were warned repeatedly not to use that information. It was never verifiable. Now it's debunked. And then you look at the corruption here with Roger. General Flynn, Papadopoulos, Manafort's case was totally, completely and utterly closed. And by the way, I hear he's not in good health in jail and people want him to rot in jail. And then they're saying, well, have you ever got a pardon? And I don't know one way or the other if anybody would do that. Then they would go after him on state charges. So he would have to rot in jail. That's how sick this has all gotten.
7: Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right, and you've been 100% right on these issues from the start. You're the only one who's been talking about them for the last couple of years. People questioned you at every step of the road, and at every step of the road, you've come forward with the facts to prove just how corrupt this is, the, both the agenda and the methodology. And, and it's not coincidental. These are people, including Weissman, who've been at this kind of thing with a, what the, a chief judge once called a myopic view of his Brady violations. Do you understand that the FBI had to rewrite their guidelines on dealing with uh, cooperating witnesses, confidential informants, because of the conduct of Andrew Weissman and his team in the eastern district of New York? Now he's
0: he's getting paid over at uh, the uh, conspiracy channel, MSDNC, you know, state-run TV. All right, stay there. We'll continue more with David Schoen, Roger Stone, uh, Steve Scalise at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Big states that want all the money to bail out their unfunded pensions and their big deficits and all their debt. No, COVID relief only. And let's open up the country safely. Uh, As we continue with Roger Stone and David Shona's attorney. Roger, where do you go from here? And and I'll ask both of you in the minute and a half we have uh, left here. You're broke, right? You don't have any money.
6: Uh, I'm uh, literally destitute. Uh, I, uh, the Bureau of Prisons delayed my incarceration, my surrender date by 30 days. Uh, I am uh, sticking to the home confinement, obviously, because of COVID-19. Uh, and I am praying fervently that the president, uh, as an actor of both, act of both mercy and justice, will either commute my sentence or pardon me. Otherwise, I will go through the long process of an appeal. Uh, and my lawyers, including David, who's with us, are very confident that we have many strong issues on appeal.
0: David, I'd like to see this man get his life back. Uh, he's lost three-plus years of his life. Can you get there? we got 20 seconds.
7: I want to see him get his life back and his freedom back. There are two ways it could go. The government could concede that they did the wrong thing here and confess judgment, in a sense, But I think Roger Stone ought to be pardoned, and it should be sooner rather than later. With all due respect, he's got to get his life back. That's the only. I don't disagree, but I'd like
0: to see this thing vacated and thrown out on its own, also on the merits, David.
7: Right, but but that's a but the pardon is at least a check on the lawlessness and sends a strong statement that that's not how our government operates. Um, well, the idea of sending him to prison during in my opinion
0: everybody here needs a pardon that's my humble opinion yeah. but nobody's asking um, I... Roger we're praying for you and your family hang in there God is great you'll be fine in the end I believe you're tough you've, you've fought this hard and I believe justice hopefully wins the day uh, gotta let you both go uh, 800-941-SEAN we got an awesome Hannity tonight at 9 when we come back the House Republican Whip Steve Scalise as we continue
6: There's no win, just so you know. There's
4: no great win one way or the other. But I'll tell you where there is a win. We're going to build a country. I did it once. Two months ago, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world, the best employment numbers we've ever had in history. Right? I mean, everybody agrees. Even CNN agrees with that one. But I will say this, we're going to do it again, and that's what we're starting. And I view these last couple of days as the beginning. We're going to build the greatest economy in the world again, and it's going to happen pretty fast. Our country wants to open. The governors, it's in their hands, but our country wants to open. And you see what's going on, they have to open. And the people of our country should think of themselves as warriors. Our
0: country has to open. President today calling the American people warriors. He's right. We're going to rebuild the greatest economy again. He's right on that, too. Uh, Joining us, one of the big controversies now that has emerged is a lot of these blue states that have unfunded pensions like Illinois. I think I read 137 billion or some obscene number or the debt and the deficits in states like California and New York, New Jersey, Illinois. Yeah. The American taxpayers, they're the ones that put the bill to save the people of New York because that's who we are now. now and we're going to help workers in every state and we're going to help small businesses in every state. But we got to get the country open safely. And But you don't get to balance your budget. You don't get your unfunded pensions uh, paid for. Since you've squandered all of the money you take in, or the monies that you spent for your sanctuary cities and states and illegal immigrants and health care, uh, you don't get to balance your budget on the backs of the people in Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, North Carolina, Mich- uh, uh, Wisconsin. Michigan's got their own problems. You don't get to, no. Countries that have been fiscally responsible are not going to bear the brunt of of people in these dark blue states electing horrible people that tax and spend and regulate to death. Congressman Steve Scalise is with us, Republican whip, Louisiana's first district. Uh, sir, welcome back. How are you?
8: Doing good, Sean. Good to be back with you. Hope you're doing well also.
0: Uh, what's going on?
8: Well, you know, you're seeing a lot of states that are starting to reopen are having... Real success because they've proven that you can open safely. You see people getting out in droves. Go look at Georgia, uh, you know, where people were, were going back out to all of their different, uh, you know, retail establishments, doing the things that they could be doing safely, uh, but getting out again. And look, for these states, like you said, that, you know, whether it's New York or New Jersey or Illinois or California, that had multi-billion-dollar deficits prior to COVID-19, to think that the federal government's going to bail them out now, you know, the best way to solve your state's problems is number one to look in the mirror and say why? Why were you failing in the first place? You know, why is everybody from New York moving their businesses to California, to Florida, and moving their you know their jobs to California? I mean, to Florida and Texas, it's because of their tax problem. They're taxing people too high. Maybe they should lower their tax rate and reopen their state safely to get their sales tax base back. That's how you're going to get your economy going again. Not by keep, keeping everybody shut in, but by smartly reopening. And by the way, that's going to help the health and safety of families who were not going and getting their regular checkups and going to see their doctors. All those things that people weren't doing that were putting them at risk, and we're seeing suicides that are higher now. Uh, So we've got to be focused on the full health of our country, including our economy. And uh, that's, that's something that deals with the quality of life of people. We want our quality of life back. People are smart. People know what they need to do to take precautions, but they ought to be able to start safely
0: getting back out again, Sean. I agree, and it's you, the key word is safe. Safely, look, I mean, I understand this is going to be short term. Louisiana, you guys were on the bubble there for a little while. You did a great job of of getting in there quickly and and stopping this in its tracks. I give your state a lot of credit, and, and the president helped a lot. If it wasn't for Donald Trump, New York uh, would be a, a, a far worse disaster than it was, um, and oh, he did the job. And, and but the, the
8: did, president was. The president was very quick to step in when we needed ventilators, when we needed PPE for our doctors and nurses. He emptied the national stockpile to give hundreds of thousands of PPE equipment. And so the president worked closely with our governor uh, to say, let's address it. And we're seeing the spike come down now. We were at uh, April 2nd. We had the highest numbers around 2,700 cases that one day. We're down or average around 400 a day now. And so it's coming down. Uh, and if people are ready to get back out again and start safely going about their
0: lives again. And, you know, look, and I'm looking at some of these other states and I'm looking at some of these draconian laws that are being put in place. Michigan's the worst case in point, right? I mean, you know, Michigan was all over the map and I'm reading all the, these different things that they're putting out there. And I'm like, what the hell is going on in Michigan? I mean, you know, you, you have there, for example, you know, stores, 50,000 square feet. They got to limit the number of customers inside at, at one time, only four customers per thousand square feet. I mean, you can't, you, you can't stay open that way. The rent alone. Right, their
8: governor has shown, yeah, their governor has shown, shown the extreme side of how not to do it. You know, when you have some governors out there showing how you can smartly do it. And Gov- Governor know, Ron DeSantis, learning. I'm telling you, Ron's DeSantis did job, the best yeah. job.
0: He killed it.
8: Yeah. Yeah, Ron's been doing a great job. You're seeing other governors that have figured out how you can do it safely. And, and by the way, Every industry is working through this as well, and people are sharing best practices. And you're watching some businesses have the little temperature gauge that you put in front of somebody. You don't even need to touch them, and you know their temperature in two seconds. And if they're over 100 degrees, you tell them, you know, whatever, whether you're COVID or the flu or something, go back home and get better. But everybody else can be safely getting around again, and that's what you're seeing. And we need to see more of it. And by the way, Congress ought to be leading the way, Sean. Uh, The fact that Speaker Pelosi at the last minute canceled our our session this week, we should have been in doing things like holding committee hearings at safe distances. You can be 10 feet apart, having a hearing on holding China accountable. You know, why they don't want to hold China accountable, I don't know. Uh, You know, I don't know why. I don't know how how
0: they get away with not showing up for work. Everybody, you know, all the people that manufactured the medical equipment, the ventilators, the respirators, the masks, the shields, the gloves, the gowns, Ah, uh, the medicines that they never shut yeah, down. The meat packers
8: and are getting back out. Our farmers have been out. Of course, our doctors and nurses are on the front lines. You got the people at grocery stores. The president is out there every day working. The president and vice president and the every coronavirus day. task force are out there every day working. And Pelosi says, you know, Congress can't go back to work, and maybe because she wants to sit in her house in front of her fridge and just run things on her own without working with other members of her own party. You know, because AOC and the socialist left are so far pulling her so far to the left but congress ought to be leading the way not the last ones back and and so we've been very vocal. well i know kevin mccarthy myself have been very vocal saying congress ought to be showing how to safely get back to work and there's absolutely there's ways to do it the senate's back in for goodness sake
0: yeah i mean great point um i you know she could make a big fat far carbon footprint get on a private jet out of her gated multi-million dollar mansion home with designer ice cream and expensive freezers Uh, put on a mask like the rest, like the guys that were stocking the shelves every week that I saw. Every single week, Congressman, I go shopping every single week. The same guys were always there stocking the shelves at the grocery stores. Uh, That food chain line never broke. And New York had every bit of food you could ever want, need or desire. And the guys that were on the front lines, well, they were stocking the shelves. They didn't stock the shelves. We had no food. If the manufacturers of medical equipment around the country didn't do their job, we'd have no medical equipment. Everybody didn't close. They stayed open, and it saved New York. That's the answer.
8: Right. And they're showing safer protocols, too. You know, you can learn from the best practices of other people that are doing it at the grocery stores. They put up the plexiglass to protect the clerk that's checking you out. And, you know, more and more people are wearing masks. And, again, you can do all this safely.
0: I go to uh, the self-checkout lines, Congressman. down is not acceptable. I go to the yeah. self checkout yeah. line. That's, I'm faster. And they work That's fine. why I do it.
8: They work fine, Sean. You you you're just, you just you got too many other things going on. But uh, you know, but people are ready to do this, Sean. You can see it. There, there's a, a pent up uh, desire for people to. We're Americans. We don't hide and you know coil up in the fetal position. We want to get back out and and go about our lives safely. We know we're smart. We people know what they need to do to protect themselves. And if you're 85 and you've got diabetes and hypertension, you know you're higher at risk. And so you need to take extra precautions or maybe get somebody else to get your groceries. But, you know, these things. Uh, But for people that are that are young and and, and are taking other precautions and are socially distancing, they ought to be able to get back out.
0: All right, Congressman Steve Scalise, uh, glad you're doing a good job. Glad you're showing up for work. And Nancy needs to get out of her gated mansion community, get on her private jet, fly back to D.C. And I'll mail her some ice cream if she needs it that badly. Uh, appreciate uh, all you're doing, and uh, we need the country open safely. It's, it, listen, I keep saying the same example because it's, it's so applicable. All the guys that I saw, both in New York City and Long Island, the epicenter of this thing, they all worked. I saw them every single week. Usually I go once or twice a week to the grocery store. I also learned that even in a hat and glasses and a mask, people still recognize me, which is the oddest thing. Uh, Linda, that was weird. I will tell you that. Well, I um, mean, not
1: for nothing, Sean, but, you know, you do have a very
0: commanding presence. And Okay, you know. when you have a mask and glasses on and a hat, mm-hmm. how yes. can people recognize me? And Bill well, O'Reilly said it made me look better. He was so mean.
1: Well, you know, I kind of, I kind of love Bill O'Reilly because he's the one person that can chastise you and and put you completely out yeah, the, for the, words. Yeah, the
0: simple man. Okay, the really, s- I'm getting man, it from both of you. The,
1: the two he is. It's it's fun for the me to tu- listen to. But the two he is. The two he is. He
0: sounds like gotta, Cuomo now. The two he is. Oh,
1: poor Cuomo. He can't help it. None of us can help it. You know, we can't help ourselves. with our accent.
0: I, one other thing, I do want to remind people, as long as Linda's on the line, because I did send your mom the gift certificate.
1: Thank She's going to get the
0: specially bound first run edition. Live free or die. Uh, I'm wrapping it up, keeping it as current as possible. But for Mother's Day, you can go online at Hannity.com. You get a beautiful gift certificate from mom. She will get the bound. Uh, By the way, I do love how they're bound in this. uh, No, it's
1: you know what it is, Sean? It's really, really nice because, you know, on Mother's Day, everybody is kind of trying to figure out, What to get their mom this year, right? A lot of us can't see our moms. A lot of us can't see our moms in general just because we live in all different parts of the country for work or other reasons. So it's nice to be able to give your mom something that, you know, you're like, hey, this is coming. And it's not just flowers or chocolate, which are also amazing. And 800 flowers is an awesome job. But it's really nice to give them something else like, hey, I was thinking of you. You know, I know you're curious about, you know, the history of our country, where we're going. How do we keep our conservative principles? You know, Sean's got this great commemorative box set. You get to customize the gift certificate getting the card yourself like it's really nice so it's something you can put it, it, together it's a little different you know and it, it shows Linda, that he gave some thought to it
0: in 182 days if we don't win this election it's over
1: oh no it's a game and changer. that
0: is not hyperbole it's over no good you know, green if... deal appeasement it's all and this is the definitive case and i will yeah. tell you it this is beyond a tipping point choice election now this is america live lives or dies here the America yeah. we know and love that has created wealth and happiness and prosperity that we've shared with the entire world advancing the human condition. And that's why this is, a, this is a labor of love because somebody had to put the definitive what is really at stake here in 182 days. That's why I did it, and that's why everyone says, oh, Hannity's writing a book. I haven't written a book in 10 years. I don't like, I, I, nobody was doing it. I needed to do it.
1: Yeah, That's and it. enough for nothing, Sean, but you're putting it out there. You're saying, hey, you want to take a look at what it feels like not to be able to get paper towels or Lysol wipes or hand sanitizer. This Correct. is what it looks like. This is what socialism is, folks. This was your wake up call. Now you need to realize it's not a right or left issue. This is an American issue. So get it together, get with the program, and remember what we're based on, what we're all founded on. We can agree to disagree, but there's literally no discourse left. You know what I like about putting Put up on a public?
0: So I want to know if people liked it because I finally gave the final okay on the cover I hope people like it because I, that was I spent a lot of time on that for the first time ever but yeah well if you, you go
1: to the link to buy this from Mother's Day you can see the cover it's gorgeous it's really really nice and they could take a look at it and I could put that on the poll and you can take a vote
0: all right hundred nine four one Sean if you want to be a part of this extravaganza hey one thing I will say and that is that we all want to you know we all want to save money Linda what I always say about money Money, money is freedom. It's freedom, right? And wasting money is just dumb. You know, people say, why do you like Walmart so much? Because you, you get the same crap and you save money. You know, it's not crap. But you know what I mean? You go shopping and you get the best deals at Walmart. And it's, and the other thing is they've got everything. The Super Walmarts have everything. Costco's, Target. I love those stores.
1: But you know what? I want to say one thing before we go into the into the end of the show here. You make a very good point that you know we need to you know get out there and save our money and be smart, which is what Pure Talk is doing for us. But one other quick point that you made with Scalise, I thought was really important, is we need to we need to let all our small businesses be able to do this too. If we can trust you know our big box stores like Walmart and Target and grocery stores to trust their employees to do the right thing, then our small businesses, our family owned and operated, they got to be able to open their doors too. This sort of like piecemeal out who gets to make money and who doesn't it's not okay and it's not the american way
0: all right that's going to wrap things up for today hannity tonight nine eastern on the fox news channel as we push to reopen the country safely well what can we learn the state that did it the best was florida highest percentage elderly population they got it right they targeted the vulnerable they targeted the villages the nursing homes long-term long-term care facilities etc Ron DeSantis, as we reopen. Also, Senator John Kennedy, uh, Louisiana. What can we learn from there? Jim Jordan's brutal note to Director Ray. All coming up. Set your DVR. Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox News. See you tonight. Thanks for being with us. Back here tomorrow.